I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow, wow. Look here. It is that time of year again, the holiday season. A great time to settle down and watch a few movies and give gifts to friends and loved ones. And if you're in the gift-giving moods, then why not send a little donation over to your friends at the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. This podcast is a labour of love produced by the fans for the fans, and any donations sent over will go directly back into managing the upkeep of this show. So if you do have a few pennies to spare, head over to paypal.me forward slash kung fu movie guide and a huge thank you to anyone who has donated to the show so far that is greatly received thank you very much i do hope you have been enjoying the show in 2023 thank you for your support now let's open the advocar sit back relax and enjoy our two-part end of year special happy holidays Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige. <laughs> okay, food followers everywhere, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. This is part two of our annual end of year show. This is where we wrap up the year in Foo 2023. Hosted by me, Ben Johnson, and with my very special guest. He is the author of Life of Action, Volume 1 and 2. He is your friend of mine. He is Mike Fury. Hello again, sir. Hello, Ben. It's like you never left it's because like you literally away. because you literally didn't. We've been here the whole time, but through the magic of editing, people will be none the wiser. Exactly, exactly. So this episode is landing on Christmas Eve. So we do hope that you're all having a lovely time of it wherever you are in the world listening to this episode. You may recall in part one of this special extended end of year podcast that we discuss the stories that grab the headlines during this year, 2023. And we also looked back at some of the guests who have appeared on this podcast this year. And because it's Christmas, we also unwrapped some Christmas presents. Thank you once again, Mike, for my lovely gifts. Thank you. Very kind of you. But now I think it is time for the moment we have all been waiting for on this episode we will be highlighting our best and worst fight films of the year 2023 as well as sharing the thoughts of you our loyal listeners around the world so over the last few weeks you have been messaging us with your favorite fight films of the year over social media you've been sending messages over on x formerly twitter i don't know how long we have to keep saying (laughs) formerly twitter 
you've been sending them over to our account there, which is at KF Movie Guide, as well as Instagram and Facebook, where we are at Kung Fu Movie Guide. We've also got messages to our website, kungfumovieguide.com, and quite a few of you have been sending emails. The email address, as always, if you do want to get in touch, is hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Thank you to everyone who got in touch. It really is great when we hear directly from you guys. We did get sent a lot of messages over this year, which is really good to see, but it probably does mean that we won't get through all of your messages. Just to remind our listeners, we have compiled a list of fight-centric films that came out in 2023. I do tend to use the IMDb website for the release dates. The full list is available on our website kungfumovieguide.com you can go onto the website now and take a look at that full list and as is the tradition with this show i specifically asked mike not to tell me what his top five films are and what his worst film of the year is so it is all left as a bit of a surprise just quickly mike before we get into it do you think just looking at the list that there's quite a lot of variety on there from from the year isn't there yeah a lot of variety and um a lot of what kind of feels like more fight centric and action centric stuff than we've even had previously Mm. um so you know in the past we've talked about films that feature um, some element of martial arts action within yeah. them and there is that again of course but there's also actually more fight centric purely martial arts orientated films than in past years at least that's what it felt mm-hmm. like to me and real diverse choice I mean yeah. I know we say this every year it's not just Hollywood that's making mm-hmm. these uh, great action movies but you know China all over mm-hmm. you know Southeast Asia Vietnam Malaysia and uh, lots of films coming from India this year yeah, have, yeah. have done really well in um, with, uh, with a strong martial arts element. As well, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, before we get going, it is important to stress, of course, that these are only our opinions, and of course, you are entitled to your own opinion and a different opinion. So, if you do find yourself screaming at your phone or smart speaker in disagreements, then please do feel free to message us over social media, or you can email us with your own personal top five fight films of the year. Do feel free to get in touch specifically please target all abuse to Ben <laughs> um, as always some of the foreign titles in this list still haven't been officially released here in the UK so it does mean that we haven't been able to see the full list that is available mm-hmm. on the website we are also including films that were made available this year despite actually being from 2022 mm-hmm. so there's a few films like that on the list I think Furies Uh, for instance, had its Vietnamese release in December 2022, and that landed on Netflix in March 2023. Bad City, the Japanese action film, that landed here in the UK in 2023 after being released in most territories last year. So that's just a couple of examples of films on the list there that sort of fit that bill. Anyway, look, we've tried to do our best to cover as much ground as possible. Mike, whenever we do this every year, there's always a bit of a scramble <laughs> towards mm-hmm. this day. Yes. Or did you find that you'd already seen quite a lot of the films on the list no, throughout, I mean, throughout the year? It's it's difficult because obviously it all depends on time, right? Film runtimes seem to be getting longer. Oh my gosh. Um, they're not very kind or forgiving to no. people with, you know, tighter schedules. But um, no, look, it's, it's always enjoyable to catch up on stuff, even if you don't get to see it at the time. Um, Remember when there used to be like an 18-month or two-year window when things would come out of cinemas to be available, or well, now it seems to be almost instantaneously. Yeah. 
on streaming or you know uh, so on so I mean that's kind of good and bad in a way but mm. um, but no it means we you know you can catch up on stuff later in the year that you missed at the very start of the year so um, but no it's, it, it's it's always good fun okay Mike I think we are now ready to go through the best and worst films of mm-hmm. the year so let's start with the worst fight film of 2023 Mike I know you do hate doing this and actually to be fair this show is all about championing the genre and yeah. being very positive um yeah all I say I'm I'm you know I'm reluctant to kind of you know hit down on of course. stuff that isn't great because also something that you or I think is not good someone else might have enjoyed and of that's course. absolutely fine but it's I guess it's subjective. just it's just your yeah it's subjective but it's your personal take um you know and I and also you know I, I hold this genre to a high standard that yeah. I you know I love and give admiration to and you want things to be good so Definitely. that's kind of where where I come at it from maybe where something could have been better or it's yeah. disappointing it should have been something else but that's just yeah again yeah. it's, it's yeah. my take and it's your take absolutely Mike yeah and you should go into every film with an open mind mm-hmm. I always think you know and uh, no one sets out to make a bad film yeah. do they but uh, having said all that, uh, let's just go and keep the shit out of one yeah. film uh, in what we're going to call a section that we like to call the worst martial arts film of 2023. The worst martial arts film of 2023. Do you have one for this? I section? do have one for yeah, this. Okay. Do you have one for this? I right? do actually have one for this. So my choice for the worst of this year is Hidden Strike. Ah, okay. And I don't know if we should, I'm sure pe- people are aware of it, people have heard about it, if we want to explain the synopsis very briefly. It was a, a, a an eagerly awaited pairing of Jackie Chan and John Cena, and the story goes that after a failed rescue mission to escort a group of scientists away from an oil refinery under siege by rebels, um, Chinese ex-Special Forces soldier, this guy played by Jackie Chan, joins forces with kind of a, a mercenary US gun for hire, played by John Cena, who has his own personal reasons for tracking down these baddie insurgents and you know saving the the innocent folks and um so with this as some people may be aware uh the film was originally um supposed to be uh, jackie paired up with stallone that's right which uh, would have been uh, i think mm, better. Great. i would yeah, have enjoyed yeah. that probably more um but stallone backed out and was replaced by john cena uh, this was actually filmed some time ago in 2018 so mm-hmm. you talked about films that have come out end of last year well, this was actually shot in 2018 yeah um and obviously has this kind of delayed period and now is uh, was released kind of depressingly little fanfare on Netflix just, just sort of kind dumped of appear, on Netflix appeared. Didn't it? Yeah. Um, but then you watch the film and you realise why <laughs> yeah that's um, a sign I was yeah I mean look we're all Jackie Chan fans Jackie Jackie is an icon and a mainstay of martial arts cinema and uh, kung fu films and I do genuinely enjoy um, his work even now we talked about I'm, I'm really a big fan of his his kind of earthy gritty recent work like we talked about i mean i was a i was a fan of ride on which came out earlier in the year as well but you know the newer police story films uh mm. new police story uh police story lockdown we mm-hmm. talked about uh, the foreigner and some of these um grittier kind of meteor roles and even with doing the action you know there's there's more of a heart and soul to them this kind of felt like a step backwards although it was released obviously it was so released it was uh, made in 2018 the biggest disappointment for me with this kind of thing is when you've got the core ingredients to at the very minimum just follow follow kind of you, you, you could follow a by the numbers formula sticking to what you've got and have something good at the end of it so for example you know utilize jackie for his talents mm. even john's john cena obviously from the world of wrestling entertainment he's a very entertaining charismatic guy very i enjoyed his 
uh, first marine film mm -hmm. and he's you know in comedies he, he he's he's been really funny some yeah. of them uh, um daddy's home you mm -hmm. know he was in daddy's home too he had a bigger role than that he had more of a cameo in the first but he's actually genuinely a very funny entertaining guy and it's like when when these people are put in a film and they don't get to utilize any of what they're actually mm -hmm. there for so i just found it really underwhelming um the action scenes some of the action scenes were actually the fight design was I quite was, was quite action, good yeah um tim man yeah no the fight scenes the actual fight choreography some of it was was really good um what let me down i didn't like the the heavy use of cgi mm. which seemed to be all, in almost all the scenes they're kind of standing against like a green screen backdrop it just looked like that throughout it just you know it's underwhelming it wasn't it wasn't particularly funny it wasn't entertaining it was kind of everything a film like this should be mm. it, for me it just wasn't so look it's not it's not a particularly you know thought-provoking film nor does it need to be but at the very least to be entertaining engaging it, it just wasn't so that was that was for me it was it, it felt kind of regressive in that sense Okay, well there Do we you go. Have anything to say to that? Strike, getting a kicking there. You, was, was, was that I hot? definitely I that was... enjoyed it more than that. I would okay. say there's still very likable on-screen presences. You know, John Cena and Jackie Chan. You know, having those two in the same film is yeah, always. What do you think? What a wasted good. effort! It could have been so much more. That's just yeah. how I take from it. And I'm going. I'm a fan of Jackie. I'm a yeah. fan of John Cena. Yeah. As an overview, you think. Imagine if they, they could have elevated this a few steps. It just would have been that much more impactful. And it's funny, Mike, because there's a bit of a connection here between the film that I've got down as uh, my worst film of the year. Okay. Uh, and that is the director, Scott Waugh, okay. director of Hidden Strike. Yeah. He also directed another film this year. Mm -hmm. He directed Expendables 4, yeah. which uh, or actually it's called Expend Fourables. So this is your choice for the This uh, is my choice, Expendables 4. It's not that it's the worst film of the year. I think it's just held a lot of promise and just just failed to deliver really. It was just quite disappointing, I think. Yeah, we saw it together in the we cinema. We saw it together, um, Mike. Yes. I'm look, and I'm still uh, I know people I'm not gonna name names because I don't want to be controversial. I know people that really, really don't like the Expendables films, but yeah. I'm actually somebody I'm a fan I would yeah. say I'm a fan of the Expendables films. The from the first, you know, um obviously the kind of the heritage and the mm -hmm. um the kind of the uh the fanfare for the icons and mm -hmm. the legends of action cinema. But I still have a soft spot for the first film, particularly the director's cut, really like that. The uh, Expendables 2, I think, is probably yeah. the strongest of the, the franchise. One, it's yeah. the best in terms of delivering on its promise, yeah. I think. But the fourth, yeah, definitely... Um, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the introduction of all the new characters in the third. Mm. The fourth kind of does more of that. Mm. Um, I know they, they were talking about the hard R rating, but look, like I said before, and this is kind of obvious preaching to the choir, I'm sure, with everyone, but it does come down to it's the characters, it's the story and everything, and it's if that's not there, you can throw as much hard R yeah. violence yeah. at it, and it's not... You know, yeah. it, it, I, I don't. I don't care that we're seeing blood. I want. I want it to be a um, a rewarding, satisfying yeah. film. And this did have some good action. It was nice to see Eco in there. So but, I think that's that's probably the strongest part yeah, of this yeah, film yeah. is that fight scene, particularly yeah. on the boats. In fact, quite a lot of that action on the boats. And when Tony Jaa yeah. sort of crops up and starts kicking people, dressed mm -hmm. in his same costume as Onbat for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but 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 there we go. Mm -hmm. um, and he seems to be having a good time on the movie. Yeah. And also, you know, Jason Statham as as well as just as such a likable good yeah. leading presence in in action cinema mm -hmm. but i think you're right he was dealt a bit of a blow with a pretty 
you know, bog standard scripts and pretty yeah. cliche story. They've really, talked about his character having a spin off, which yeah. I would just hope he gets a better, yeah. uh, better, better script. But better surely, story. do you think? I think this this is a franchise that's sort of done I mean, now. Yeah, for me, done. for me personally, and this is like I really emphasise as a fan. I'm not yeah. being a snooty critic about this. Yeah, like yeah. I'm a fan of it. As look, we are all fans of these action films, um, I'm, and I'm a fan of the Expendables. But after that one, I think let's just leave it now. Yeah. And um, if you want to reboot the Lee Christmas uh, story, focus it on something a bit better. Maybe as well, you know, focusing on fewer characters, not not trying to worry about giving everyone their moment of screen time mm-hmm. and. You know, it, it it might be easier to hone that more. And some dodgy CGI as well in that movie. Like I don't. Yeah. That, that's a bit of a theme for quite a lot of the films this year. I've noticed. Or there's been sections yeah, where it, you know it you're fe- like, well, it, it feels it's very right. strange, but it feels like and like you know there is such a. Um, I think there's a there's a demand for some of these things to be released quickly, mm. and as a result, some of these aspects are rushed. So yeah. things are rushed out. Whether it's rushed for the cinemas, rushed to streaming. And um, it's a shame because you think the amount of work and effort that is put into or hopefully put into Mm -hmm. scripts and, um, you know, uh, even action design and shooting, the actual shooting schedules. And then you just rush something through the post-production with the CGI. It's really disappointing. It's a disservice to to the film. And um, and. I think the biggest factor is it's like we all we all notice everyone can see it it's of not course. like you're not <laughs> fooling anyone yeah we've had some feedback on expend forables mm. as well okay. so sean malloy on facebook your friend of mine uh sean does a great podcast on dolph lundgren mm-hmm. that uh, everyone should go and check out sean has said on facebook i highly doubt it will be on anyone's best of lists i'll give it some attention for what it could have been the franchise as a whole kind of petered out and quit delivering what the series was initially predicated on Mm -hmm. with a nine-year gap between Expendables 3 and this one not to mention an R rating you think it would have gone down a John Wick 4 path but alas no such luck and Colin Squire on Instagram hello Colin I was hugely disappointed with the Expendables 4 to me they have totally lost the magic that made the first two films great Mm -hmm. So I agree with Colin there. We're, again, we're t- focusing particularly on the first two. There we go. They are some of the films we consider to be the worst of the year. But enough of all of this. Let's focus now on the good stuff. Let's talk about the cream of the crop, the best of the best. These are the Barbie Heimers of the martial mm-hmm. arts film world of 2023. These are the movies we love the most in 2023 in a section that we like to call the best martial arts films of 2023. The best martial arts films of 2023. Okay, just need to reiterate. So I don't know, Mike, what your top five okay. is. And you don't know what my top no. five is either. So this is going to be a bit of a Let's, surprise. We- I'm excited we, we, to hear what you Yeah, we sometimes maybe. find there may be some overlap in terms of agreeing or we yeah. may strongly disagree. Yeah. You, would you say, you I would say traditionally, I probably go for some of the lighter fare. You know, I've, I've uh, been a champion of films like Mulan in the past, which has mm-hmm. got me in trouble online. Mm-hmm. And you tend to go for maybe the more visceral, violent stuff. Depends. I mean, yeah, it's... Uh... I think there's always there's a place for all of these, but sometimes I maybe lean into the darker, which yeah. I don't know what that says about me, but I look forward to seeing if that's consistent Absolutely. this year. Well, look, I think we should just crack on with yeah. uh, our number five. Mm-hmm. Number five. Okay, Mike, do you want to go first with your I number will. five? I will. My number five is Polite Society. Wow. 
that's really interesting um, because I will just say this at the same time. My number five is also ah. polite society. So we're jumping in, but so we we're share jumping that. in, but so, this is fine. We yeah. can share our so, thoughts on this okay. one. So fine in that case. So it follows uh, an aspiring young stunt performer called Ria, um, who believes she must save her older sister Lena from her impending arranged marriage. Yeah, and uh, so which, along with uh, kind of inspired by her um, her stunt woman idol, and with the help of her friends, Ria attempts to pull off the most ambitious of all wedding heists in the name of independence and sisterhood that's and right to save her sister so um this is yeah, it's a british film written and directed by nida manzur and it stars uh priya kansara and uh she's she's great and what i what i really enjoyed about this so it's uh you know it's a i guess it's like a coming of age story at heart but i found it to be it's a very warm-hearted sweet film at its center it's also a really nice homage to kind of old school kung fu martial yeah. arts cinema but I also liked that it's a, a really positive representation of you know, strong female characters. It's very female-centric film. Um, again, showing women in action and martial arts, female writer-director, female stars. But also really interesting representation of the Asian community. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's a it's a really different, refreshing kind of perspective or angle um, on this well-loved formula um, in terms of you know um, stunts, martial arts, action, and. Um, but as I say, with a with a kind of a commentary on some of these other aspects, it's you know, and it shows women in film and the Asian community, um, maybe kind of social commentary in a way with the arranged marriages and so on, and being independent, being your own person, having yeah. your own voice, and you know, and just a, a fun, enjoyable, but as I say, very sweet-hearted film at its yeah. centre. What, what did you think, Ben? I, I couldn't agree more. I was uh, I really enjoyed this mm-hmm. film. It's very irreverent. I think the comedy is quite uh, silly, mm-hmm. which is definitely my sense of humour. So that really hit. You the are on a silly man, Ben. Yeah. But I like a silly yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, do you, yeah, you know what I mean yeah, by yeah, that? It is. It, yeah. it does have that. Yeah, kind it doesn't of take itself too seriously. Sen- not, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's disguising the fact that it is also commentating on, you know, the patriarchy, the class system, the expectations that are set on the sisters as to what their career should be, mm-hmm. as in they should get married off and yeah. try and marry a doctor, and all yeah, of that yeah. stuff is all yeah. all in there. The fact that Rhea wants to be a stunt performer is seen as like you know a laughable thing the action scenes are probably played more as a sort of slapstick Mm -hmm. thing so there's probably better like fight choreography and like action Mm -hmm. from a lot of the movies released this year but having said that this isn't solely just it sold as an action and it feels like it's like if we wanted to do a um a rundown of what you're talking about it's almost like the best fight scenes or the best yeah action specific you know design but this is yeah it's less about um the specifics of certain fight scenes except for a certain move which is done mm, to, mm. to comic effects where yeah. she's, she's trying to this character is trying to master for her youtube channel but it's um yeah and, and, yeah and to be honest some of the like some of the action i was uh, not say i was disappointed i, I would have liked a, a bit more but i think as well you know as you say it's played it's played more for comedic value Definitely. and um, and it works like within yeah. its within its cinematic universe it works mm-hmm. well and it's um and it's a it's a it's an overall package so again with, with the the storytelling and the kind of social commentary we're talking about plus the fight scenes it's it's more about them it's 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 about the whole rather than the sum of its parts definitely it's very refreshing as a british comedy film mm-hmm. as well yeah. and there's nothing really quite like no, it I, haven't, I, I can't think of another film like think of a, another yeah. film I've seen like that yeah from yeah. 
from the UK or elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Gosh, okay, well, we we agree on our number five, oh, yeah. so that's interesting. Wouldn't it's it be all... funny if we just have the same lists? I Yeah, if you've copied my list, like, yeah, like, you a, imagine? like in homework, naughty yeah. homework. Well, great, okay. Um, we didn't get any listener feedback on Polite Society, but I don't think it was that widely released. No, I spoke, I spoke to a few people who had... It's funny, I, I remember hearing about it from a few people, actually all women, um, a, a few women told me about it and I, w- I was aware of it but I hadn't seen it at yeah. that time but no I definitely encourage anyone that's you know uh, interested in what we've just spoken about it's definitely worth checking out and I think it's on it's on streaming now that's so, right yes yeah, yes it is yeah and it is very highly rated from all the aggregates websites yeah. so maybe it's one of these sort of sleeper films then once yeah. it lands yeah. properly on streaming services it might mm-hmm. start gaining a bit of an audience but yeah very much recommend that polite society is both our number five moving on now to our number four number four this would be hilarious if we've got the same film here mike what was your number four my number four ben is ballerina (laughs) are you are you laughing have you have you got the same my number four is ballerina it actually is you're not and you're not making this up you can't see what yeah you know, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm just showing showing my that's laptop quite, that's now. Quite to funny. My, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. really okay. funny. Um, yeah, I won't read your notes. I'll say mine. But um, would you like to take the uh, premise on this? Sure. Yeah. Okay, Mike. Well, um, Ballerina is yes, it's a South Korean action movie, and it's available on Netflix. I love the sense of style in this film. Mm-hmm. It's not a perfect film. There are definitely flaws in there, but um, I really liked the the aesthetic mm-hmm. of it. The central performance from Jiong Jong Seo, she is fantastic in this film, and she stole the show for, for me. She plays an ice-cold killer who starts a friendship with a ballerina. It's not actually clear whether it's it's a purely mm-hmm. platonic relationship they have, or they're, mm-hmm. maybe they're lovers. It's not mm-hmm. actually properly explained mm-hmm. or explored what that relationship is. In fact, I could have done with maybe exploring that relationship a little bit more, just so that you can really get into the emotion of mm-hmm. why she would then go on this sort of... Uh, revenge driven mm-hmm. rampage that she does mm-hmm. go on but basically the ballerina is found dead in her bathtub and then she's predicted that this will happen and then uh, she goes out and tries to get revenge the baddie in the film is a creepy billionaire playboy called Choi and he runs a side hustle in rape and revenge porn He's also a super fit fighting expert and he gives Jiong a run for her money. Some of the fight scenes are also edited and maybe a little mm-hmm. bit too rapidly. There's some shaky mm-hmm. cam uh, in there. But to be fair, she's clearly in the mix and doing mm-hmm. all the moves. I mean, yeah, I think so many of these films, it hinges so strongly, obviously, on the performance. It's like yes. from the from the, the first fraction of a second of the first fight, if if they're not believable, we're kind of done. We're mm-hmm. lost. It's mm-hmm. not it's not going to work. Um, but she's very believable. Um, the action design is really good. I think yes. it's again, it's she's she's not like an unstoppable badass you know murdering everyone she actually she gets damaged she takes hits especially when she's fighting multiple assailants Mm -hmm. but she fights them in such a way where for example fighting in narrow spaces where she can isolate one or two at a time and things Mm -hmm. like that so it's cleverly done she improvised weapons and when this nice fight scene in the kitchen and things like this so some some shaky cam some editing which weirdly if you if you noticed it felt like they did more of that in the beginning 
and then as the film went on it's like they realised they didn't need to do that that's and very true kind of and that long it. take it towards yeah. the end that did yeah. sort of mellow yeah. out a little bit but um, also what was interesting I didn't I didn't like all of it but they uh, from a creative point of view they seemed to want to use the camera to kind of do some inventive um add some energy and add some Definitely. some some flair to the action so things like you know camera tilts a certain way or um uh, angles or uh, tracking certain mm-hmm. bodies falling and things they did some inventive stuff it didn't all work some of it worked some of it didn't but it was kind of interesting to see how oh, they're trying to you know put a slightly different spin on this yeah. so you know if you think about the whole the whole formula and the whole story it it wasn't it's probably nothing we, we you know we haven't seen before mm-hmm. but it was just done in quite a nice refreshing way again with a um had this kind of like a a bleak film noir-esque neon um, aesthetic um, with a strong, um, obviously a strong um, female anti-hero lead yeah. who's clearly, again, you know, she's not a squeaky clean hero by any means. Mm-hmm. She's, um, she's a, you know, she, well, she's, she's an assassin. Yeah, she's an assassin. She, she yeah. kind of like brutally kills people. But yeah. we're on her side. We're rooting for her to get, because she, the people she's taking on are far worse. She's at least got a moral compass where she's taking on the absolute scum. The absolute so, scumbags. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah but yeah. no, it was really enjoyable, but really, uh, really, you know, bought into her and her story. And as I say, the performances are great. And as Definitely. you mentioned, yeah. And it's got a sort of K-pop soundtrack. The sound of it's really fresh and yeah. quite exciting. It yeah. feels very modern. If you're looking for just some sort of stylish violence mm-hmm. before bedtime, mm-hmm. then yeah, stick That's on. What uh, everyone wants. <laughs> stick on. Uh, ballerina not to be confused of course with uh, ballerina which is a john wick spin-off film which we're expecting next year this version of ballerina is a south korean film available now on netflix and we do actually have some feedback on ballerina so curly 1967 on instagram says absolutely spectacular from start to finish Mm -hmm. four exclamation marks there mike so um there we go we've agreed on our list so far so we're both putting ballerina as our number four let's move on this would be hilarious if we've got the same number three let's move on now to our number three number three here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, Mike, what is your number three? My number three, Ben, is Fist of the Condor. Ah, interesting. Okay. So um, this stars Marco Zorro, the famous, uh, the Latin dragon, um, who you just had on the podcast, I think, That's when, correct. At, at the time of this going out. That is correct. had him on the show, which is great. And obviously yeah. I had him in Life of Action Volume 2, which is which is cool. Big fan of Marco. Um, and he's reteamed here with Ernesto Diaz Espinosa. 
who he worked with on Kiltro and um, a Redeemer and Mirage Man and others. Essentially, you know, for this, I felt this is, I really enjoyed this as like a, a real old school martial arts throwback. Really like if you're a fan of the old Kung Fu films with the training montages and um, mm. training under the old master. Mm. Um, in this case, getting revenge against your twin brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, um, that was really, that was, that was, it was just really fun, really cool. And it seems to, it's like a loving homage to those types of films. Um, and I just find it really interesting what these, these guys make, you know, these Spanish language martial arts action films which we haven't seen as much of but obviously since um well since uh, uh marco and ernesto made kiltro which was the yeah. first the first latin uh latin american martial arts film to receive a cinema release mm-hmm. and of course most people will know uh know his work later from um undisputed three um understandably so you know that was a big deal obviously for the like, western martial arts fans but you know he's been working in this arena for a long time and then through working with uh, robert rodriguez mm-hmm. de- developing a friendship with him he would become associated with some of his films and also i believe uh, rodriguez has screened a lot of marco's films on his el rey yes. uh, channel yes. so again more people will be familiar with you so it's definitely i'd say it's worth going back to those films as yeah. well and um and fist of the condor was great and the story ben yeah. The um, 16th century Incas uh, concealed a sacred manual containing secrets of this deadly fighting technique. Mm. But after centuries of safeguarding, the manual uh, becomes uh, at risk of falling into the wrong hands. And when uh, when uh, Marco's character in this, um, uh, under the tutelage of, of his own master, is, uh, is given the responsibility of protecting this from... Mm. Uh, from nasty thieves yes um you know the the secrets must be protected so it's definitely got that kind of old worldly protecting the ancient techniques the ancient scroll yeah. like old school low many way many kung yeah, fu yeah, yeah, movies yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. have the secret manual yeah. but yeah. it's not as we, it's not period it's um it's kind of got a period aspect when they're going and training out in the wilderness mm-hmm. but then equally you know he'll be on a motorcycle riding away yeah, yeah. things like that it's funny it's um, probably a much like smaller kind of smaller intimate lower budget film than some of the ones we're talking about however it felt it was just it was a very enjoyable mm. um, film was it originally intended as a web series I think they were originally talking about that apparently so it, yeah, or it was yeah, originally yeah. filmed maybe around lockdown time mm-hmm. and it was just created as sort of a series of vignettes mm-hmm. I believe that then mm-hmm. they put together into yeah. a film and as you know I think it works overall it doesn't um, it doesn't conclude in quite the world of I would have like there to be a bit more to kind of um well there may be more yeah, on there, the way there may be four there could be a sequel that's good i would have liked even in an isolated setting to see the finale to what's set up during this film and we may get that next time mm-hmm. around so that's fine but um but yeah no as a more complete storytelling you know package that would have been nice to see because i became invested in the story and i wanted to see what happened you're not alone with uh okay. loving fist of the condor okay. quite a few people got in touch around fist of the condor saying that was their favorite film mm-hmm. of the year benjamin dumfresny on email i thought that fist of the condor was terrific uh christopher evans on facebook a cross between van damme's the quest and indiana jones some amazing old school shapes thrown in this outstanding actioner from marco zoror so a lot of fans out there for mm-hmm. fist of the condor that is your number three from 2023 my number three is teenage mutant ninja okay. turtles mutant mayhem okay so obviously this isn't quite an action movie and I should say from the outset Ninja Turtles personally growing up watching the cartoon Mm -hmm. as a kid there is a franchise that I have followed over the years Mm -hmm. in its many incarnations obviously the first debut live action 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film was back in the 90s. We had those Jim Henson Mm -hmm. rubber suits. And then Michael Bay did that sort of steroided Mm -hmm. version of the Mm -hmm. Turtles in the 2000s. So now this feels like it's going back to its cartoon origins, Mm -hmm. uh, courtesy of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. It's another version of the Turtles origin story, which focuses a lot more on the dynamics and the bond between the four of them. And despite being mutant turtles, they all act and behave like hormonal teenagers uh, in this version of the film. And they yearn to be accepted by the humans who live in the real world beyond the sewers. I would say this is probably the best turtles film yet at portraying them all as actual individual characters. Mm -hmm. And they're very clued up on the world. The script is full of these great contemporary gags and there's lots of silly moments, but it's got a real zeitgeisty feel to it. Splinter is played the voice of Jackie Chan, who is excellent as Splinter. Splinter usually is seen as a bit of a sort of quite a strict disciplinarian. Mm. He's obviously their martial arts master. Uh, But here he's more of a sort of goofy, embarrassing dad. Uh, And I thought that was very sweet Mm. and uh, very cool. Ice Cube is great as the baddie. He plays a giant neon mutant fly called Superfly which I enjoyed. The soundtrack's really cool. Lots of old school hip hop, which plays again on the retro feel of Mm -hmm. the whole Turtles brand. You know, I've got a personal connection this, so sort of seeing the original cartoon and then seeing how this film returned to its roots in a way, but it was done in a a much more fun and modern way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I really appreciated that. And hopefully I can imagine a lot more kids maybe watching this and then getting back into the Mm -hmm. Ninja Turtles as well. Uh, That could happen as a sort of offshoot of this movie. So I really enjoyed this film. I thought it had a little something for for everyone. So yeah, that is my number three. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. I've actually got no listener feedback on Mm -hmm. that film. So I'm either bucking the trend or just completely out of step Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the listeners but I very much enjoyed that film. So that was my number three. I think we can now move on to our number two. Number two. So, Mike, what is your second best fight-centric action film from 2023? My choice for number two, Ben, is Extraction 2. Ah, interesting. So, uh, you know, I was a huge fan of the first film, obviously, a yeah. uh, big fan of Sam Hargrave. Our film of the year um, in 2020. Was. Yeah, yeah. So Sam Hargrave as director, obviously stunt legend, as, as we all know. Um, and actually, again, just a, a funny, you know, uh, coincidence. Uh, I think it was last year when I had a talk with Sam Hargrave for the BFI. That was actually during he was working on Extraction 2. Obviously, he couldn't say anything about it back then, but, but I spoke to him, you know, first time around for the first Life of Action book. Uh, we had a chat for the BFI. Um, which he was very sweet to kind of emerge out of. I think he was actually in post-production at that point. But um, he was, you know, very busy and had a lot on his plate, but we had a chat. Obviously, mm. he can talk about this one. So, but as you know, I was very much eagerly anticipating it as a fan of the first. And um, with uh, Mr. Chris Hemsworth as uh, Tyler Ake back Tyler again, Ake. Um, this time yeah, embarking on a dangerous mission to save a ruthless gangster's imprisoned family. Um, as the as the logline goes, and um, yeah, no, I just I really really enjoyed it. I think um, if you're a fan of the first, I think there's it's such a um, such an eff- a, a, a clear effort and labour 
to go above and beyond in these impressive action scenes and some certain sequences like for example the prison breakout which mm, incredible yeah done as a, a presented as a long take obviously again i'm sure yeah. like with the famous long take from the um from the first film um possibly some clever editing clever yes, stitching in yes. places but very much presented as a long take and clearly large amounts of the action are performed as one take um, but it's just it's very very visceral very exciting um, Hemsworth is obviously a great performer with the action Brilliant. I love that combination personally for me my taste I love the sort of tactical action with the guns and the you know that element alongside the fight scenes and the choreography um, plus some um, vehicular action as well um, and you know Sam Hargrave obviously being a veteran stunt performer he's so um, and stunt coordinator I should say he's you know super adept at, at, at framing and where the camera goes and f- tracking the action I like the um, the more kind of grounded what felt like a, a more uncomfortably intimate place of the, the the you know place for the viewer within the action yeah. this I think sometimes it kind of it went almost like so ambitious it went a bit too far yeah um and you know like helicopters and things coming into it which was you know it's impressive um some of the visual effects i wish they were were a little bit stronger but overall the action was really strong but it's like where things go on and on and they could have ended like a little bit earlier but now overall i really enjoyed it and i was was very impressed and again you know as it's obviously a netflix these are netflix productions but you think this needs this should be seen on the big screen that would be epic to enjoy what what were your thoughts on that one yeah i felt that this film it was so hyped i was so excited to see mm. extraction 2 i kind of felt like it peaked almost too early mm. i didn't quite find it quite as engaging mm-hmm. or captivating as as extraction on extraction 2 steve moore on facebook said the prison escape from extraction 2 was amazing it includes hand-to-hand gunplay and a car chase too amazing there you go steve moore on facebook there i'm with you steve so Extraction 2 was Mike's second favourite fight-centric action mm-hmm. film from 2023. And my number two, it's already been mentioned, my number two is Fist of the Condor. Okay. Yes. So I won't reiterate what you said mm-hmm. earlier, Mike. I agree with all of that. Um, the only thing I would add to that is this could well be the best film that Marco and Ernesto have done together. Mm-hmm. They've done some great independent movies in, in Chile. Kiltro I love as well, so mm-hmm. maybe Kiltro as well, but I think Fist of the Condor is a very, very strong film. Very personal film, mm-hmm. feels very personal as well. Uh, we should say that actually the, the Kung Fu instructor in, in this film is actually Marco's mum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gina Aguad plays the martial arts instructor. Um, and the Condor style, so that secret manual that the film is is all about when mm-hmm. that's that's stolen, that's a that's a completely, you know, fabricated style that Marco just came up mm-hmm. with. The Condor is the native bird of Chile, so there's a real nice connection there. Marco, you know, put put his real heart and soul into mm-hmm. I- into this movie, working closely with obviously his his best friend uh, Ernesto. And just to add, which I forgot to say before, Marco's in ridiculous shape in that. Unreal, film. yeah. And yeah. obviously, you know, the fight scenes very impressive, very great. But even just the training montage, you know, scenes and um, yeah, his physicality is like. I mean, he's he's obviously he's a, he's a big guy. Yeah, he's. T- very tall guy but he's um you know he moves amazingly well and yet there's also that kind of that room for that um sort of um 
purposefully slightly hokey leaping over the, yeah. <laughs> over, the yeah. over the pole and things in, yeah. in, in the montage scene so there's that real mix but that's of straight yeah. out yeah. of the Shaw Brothers yeah. Yeah. like yeah. Shaolin yeah. films which was really enjoyable really? to see exactly he also because he always works with you know genuine martial artists mm-hmm. as well and there's a real sense of authenticity within the film even the supporting cast get to really shine in this, particularly showing off different martial arts styles. Mm-hmm. I wanted to call out Al Mayer, mm-hmm. who fights Marco at the end of the film. Al is a master of a South Indian martial arts style called Kalari Peyatu. I hope I've pronounced that right. That is one of the oldest martial arts styles and something I'd never seen before in a movie. So that was really refreshing to see. It's got its own unique energy, its own unique atmosphere, this movie. So I've actually seen it a few times now and uh, I I like it more and more uh, the more times I watched it. So yeah, uh, Fist of the Condor, that is my my second favourite fight-centric film of the year. Mm -hmm. Now it's the time that we've all been waiting for. It might be quite an obvious number one, but let's just sort of uh, see what you've gone for. Let's find out now what is... Our number one. Number one. I've got a sneaking suspicion that we might also agree on this. (laughs) But anyway, let's find out, shall we? Uh, What is your favourite fight-centric action film of 2023? It is... King of Killers. Yes, exactly. My choice number one, Ben, is... John Wick Chapter 4. Of course it is. Of course is it yours? is. That is my number one. Yes. Yes. Shall I kick it off? Or would you like to? There's so much to say about this yeah. film. Like, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Go well, for first, it. I guess we should acknowledge that we're we're obviously both big John Wick fans. Absolutely. The films have featured throughout past... Our podcasts. seven years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're obviously fans. We're, um, we're fully invested. And um, in this, in the fourth outing... We can say that uh, with the price on his head ever increasing, the legendary hitman himself, Mr. John Wick, takes his fight against the high table as he uh, seeks out the most powerful players in the underworld, ranging from New York to Paris to Japan to Berlin to um, to kick some ass. <laughs> in, in no small way. But right. I think um, for me, and we will we'll go in depth um, about the film, that I think for a, for a martial arts movie fan in particular this pays such fan service and tribute to um you know to so many different aspects of uh, of martial arts cinema chad stelsky obviously being um extremely skilled and mm-hmm. um you know adept at, at this stuff but also bringing in the likes of apart from keanu making a, a grand return as well obviously we've got donnie yen hiroki sanada scott adkins mm-hmm. Um, and so many um, so many talented people and the action scenes it just even if it's not your favourite overall John Wick film which for me it probably isn't I think for the various insane action set pieces Mm -hmm. it absolutely delivers the goods for what a John Wick fan would want to see and uh, before I go any further I will ask you Ben what do you think? Gosh, I mean, we could literally just spend the next sort of hour just talking about this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally agree. I mm-hmm. actually think it might be my favourite okay. one okay. out of all of them. When I first saw the runtime, I was a bit mm-hmm. nervous because it was coming in at nearly three hours. It's yeah. 169 minutes, mm-hmm. which, you know, as we were saying earlier, there's a lot of long films in this list. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really pushing it. It actually, it's just a great vibe 
environment to just be in. Do you, mm-hmm. do you, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I think that's down to the stunning cinematography in this film. Dan Lauston. Every frame of this film looks like a yeah. work of art. It's just incredible. It's probably the most beautiful looking action film mm-hmm. that I can think of. Complemented by just the stunning action, but you almost that's sort of expected in a John Wick mm-hmm. film. You sort of go in thinking, Oh, the action is, is going to be you know some of the best that we've mm-hmm. seen, and it absolutely delivers on that front. But also, as well as that, and why I think it's maybe the best one, there's a genuine pathos and a poignancy almost, if I can go that far in, in saying that about a John Wick film that I thought it resolved itself in in, in a really clever and, and good way. I thought it, the resolution was great. I thought, obviously, all the performances, the fan service from mm-hmm. being a martial arts movie geek as mm-hmm. well, thought that was just fantastic. Great performances, Donnie Yen, in yeah. clearly his best Hollywood movie. Great dramatic role as well great as dramatic action role. role. Yeah, yeah, fully yeah, ra- yeah. like nice rounded yeah, character yeah. for him. Which is, I think, probably what attracted to him totally. uh, attracted to him in the first place. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's got the biggest budget mm-hmm. out of, obviously, all the John Wick films, yeah. and it's pretty clear that every single dollar is up there on the screen. Mm-hmm. It just looks magnificent. Yeah. That, you would think, would be the end of yeah. the John Wick series. However, I don't think they've ruled out a chapter five. No, like. and that's what I was going to jump into when you just said about the nice resolution of the mm. character in this story. Uh, I was kind of a bit let down by the fact that they're going to drag poor John. I don't want to say spoilers, but out, yeah. of, out of his but grave. But do we, do we know if that well, is Well, no, we don't. Or? We don't know. It's, it's kind of ambiguous, yeah. the ending. And I've spoken to a few people who said, maybe I, I'm a bit gullible, but I kind of took that. For what it um said and thought that you know that this is going to be the end of this story yeah. but other people have said to me oh no 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 clearly they've left it open so okay mm. fair enough so maybe that you know mm. that there is room for that um but beyond that point as you said i think it was a nice resolution for his journey think about where he's come Definitely. from since the first film i think there's a there's a great many action scenes you could talk about as your favorite i'm also going to ask you uh, ben i mean one of my favorites the the osaka continental um, yes. I, I was um, again with the cinematography and yes. the um, the visuals, the fight scenes, the armored goons, and having Loved to take it. all of them out. That is, you know, there's some 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 great um, set pieces. The stair, yeah, the stair. Yeah, 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 I mean, my gosh, that was yeah, that yeah. was fantastic. And um, I loved. Uh, That's pure kind of slapstick as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it's meant to be funny, no, but, but, but I think feel... Chad has, has has gone on record to say he's very much inspired by you know your your Buster Keaton's yeah, yeah, and that yeah, that yeah. style of and and there's a real there's quite a com, there's a lot of comedic value in that mm-hmm. the the you know the premise of you know you're seeing John Wick fighting all those guys trying to get at the top yeah. of the stairs. Marcos are all just yeah. <laughs> boots him down. It's kind of it's yeah, it's brilliant. relentless and it's it's kind of exhausting in a fatigue. Yeah. You know, you get fatigued watching him and this poor guy is getting absolutely yeah. battered. But I'm also big. I love the um, the dragon's breath shotgun scene, which a lot of people talk about Incredible. the overhead. Really interesting in terms of how they shot it and, yeah. and kind of engineered it. But again, that's what I really liked about this is um, although there are obviously it's an action packed film, it's got a long runtime. As you said, each action sequence did feel different, and Definitely. there was a different flavor, different influences. Um, 
different kind of tributes and obviously yeah. with the with the Osaka Hotel you've got like, the Japanese cinema mm-hmm. the Samurai uh, cinema the finale with Bill Skarsgård I really like I'm a big fan of Western so the kind of spaghetti Western yeah. Sergio Leone vibe and there's a bit of that throughout so mm-hmm. you you know you've got a lot of those and obviously uh, Scott Adkins in there his we've his got to talk about club, Scott for a second um, which was really interesting and uh did you know that he was going to be wearing the no, suits? No, I didn't. He kept, uh, really he kept quiet. it quiet, kept it so which quiet. is, I'm sure, you know, he had to. But yeah. it was really interesting to see him, and I'm I'm glad that he got to play a, a, a kind of a, an unusual character that he mm. wasn't just looking like himself. But mm. <laughs> nothing wrong with looking like yourself, Scott. But um, yeah, he play, he 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 looks completely different, and yeah. I think he's kind of underrated for that because. You think a lot of people, and I've, I've said this before, but a lot of people associate him as Boyka and this. But remember, he doesn't look like Boyka. No. So he's kind of underrated for, you know, uh, as, I mean, he's an actor, so he clearly he can he can play a character. But that transformative aspect, um, he's, you know, he's shown many times he can do that. Look at Avengement and other films yeah. like this. So he, he can change his physicality mm-hmm. and obviously with the with the bodysuit as well. And he's got the teeth and the accent. Yeah. So it was interesting to see him in that in that way and obviously quite deceptive in terms of, I think if people were watching and didn't know he could move like that, that exactly. would be quite funny to Yeah, to yeah. See. And I guess that is sort of the joke, isn't it? And I think it is a nod to Samo Han. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've heard Chad say that, but clearly it looks mm. like it's a bit of a yeah. nod to Samo. But, uh, and and this, that scene was like, it looked really visually stunning. It Brilliant. was uh, really impressive with the rain effect yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, just a very cool sequence, a very Definitely. cool fight scene um, with all the, uh, the calling in all the all the multiple bad guys and goons to come in and get slaughtered and then yeah. killers back in there and having a fight with... It, it was really enjoyable. There's been obviously a lot of listener comments in relation to John Wick Chapter 4, as you would imagine. Quite overwhelmingly, the film of the year, according to our listeners. Here's just a sort of smattering of some of the responses. Nick Knack Mattywack on Instagram. John Wick 4 has to be one of the best action movies ever. Hong Kong Blu-rays on X. They said our vote would have to go to John Wick 4. Breathtaking choreography. The nunchuck scene alone would have put it in the running. But when combined with Donnie Yen and Hiroyuki Sanada's performance, wow. This has really set the bar high and we feel sympathetic to those that have to try and match it. Mm -hmm. Ali Fuller on X, I really like the John Wick movie because he's so damn badass. Uh, Better than 007, so James Bond ain't got nothing on this movie. Thank you, Ali Fuller. Sean Malloy on Facebook again. Sean, John Wick Chapter 4 definitely takes the cake, a fitting end to a killer franchise, pun intended. Scott Adkins had a spectacular standout role and fight scene, as did the underappreciated Marco Zorro. Yes, Marco was that's, Yeah, Marco is fantastic in it. That's the thing that's truly gratifying about this franchise is how it provides big showcase roles for those who are relegated to the DTV realm and lets them shine on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something we've said before around Chad obviously appreciates you know a lot of the hard work and effort yeah. that people that are outside of that mainstream are then actually mm. you know elevating and, them and giving and them it's credit. not just that I think it's you know somebody like him he's working especially if it's an action orientated script obviously if it was a comedic script or a rom-com he might yeah. approach it differently but in terms of action he knows the people that will be able to deliver certain scenes with very little interference and you know he's got the I would say the like in a similar way it's slightly different but somebody like Tarantino there's a film vocabulary mm-hmm. that they can draw on yeah. Chad knows his martial arts films um, so he knows the people the go-tos 
the even you know Hiroki Sanada is like a character actor. Yeah, he will he will have this. Whereas some studios and some uh, decision makers with more commercial taste, they just wouldn't know mm-hmm. how to approach this. So Chad, you know, being a, a veteran of that world, he's uh, he uses the right people. I think it's pretty unanimous. You know, the mm-hmm. film of. 2023 is John Wick chapter 4 my response to that Ben is yeah (laughs) Yeah. saying goodbyes saying hello you think your wife can hear you no why bother maybe I'm wrong you're going to die Maybe not. We've got a few honourable mentions here. I don't mind going first on this, Mike, because I did actually struggle to narrow mine down to five. The first one I wanted to mention was Enter the Clones of Bruce, which is actually a documentary. Now, I didn't go into my top five because you can't actually see it in the UK, Mm -hmm. and I was very lucky to see it at Fright Fest. Yeah, I missed out on that. I was very disappointed. It was was really good. It was well attended. It was a really fun documentary, co-produced by Michael Worth, of Mm -hmm. course, who has appeared on the podcast. Michael had been working on this documentary for nine years and uh, he went out and got brand new interviews with a lot of the stars of the Bruce Bloitation subgenre. So if people aren't aware, uh, Bruce Bloitation is uh, a series of movies, a sort of subgenre within the kung fu movie genre, uh, which play on the Bruce Lee name and likeness. And a lot of actors then made their careers starring in these films. So people like Bruce Lai and Bruce Lett and Dragon Lee, they're all featured in the documentary, as are people who enjoyed a career off the back of Bruce Lee or were somehow marketed in a way uh, to cash in on on Bruce Lee's uh, appeal. People like Angela Mao, who was very much positioned as a female Bruce Lee. Ron Van Cleef was the Black Dragon. And even Sammo Hung is in there as well. And Sammo, of course, made probably the best Bruce exploitation film, in my opinion, Enter the Fat Dragon Mm -hmm. from 1978. The film obviously shows lots of clips from those movies, and they got increasingly bizarre as you know, the the sub-genre progressed throughout the 1970s and even into the 80s as well. The film, though, actually is also quite a touching tribute to the kung fu genre as a whole, and it does include great interviews with directors like Godfrey Ho, Lee So Nam, and actors like David Chang, Lo Mang, Casanova Wong, Chan Shen, Wong Tao, Mars and Philip Coe as well. I think this is the last um, Mm -hmm. interview with Philip before he uh, died in 2017. The Kung Fu movie boom of the 1970s was definitely a product of its time. And we're never going to see movies like that being made again in that way. Uh, So this film is very much a tribute to those times. And obviously the very talented people that helped to sort of bring that genre to Mm -hmm. life. As well as being a tribute to Bruce Lee Mm -hmm. who sort of kick-started the whole boom in the first place. So... This documentary is funny, it's fascinating, and it's quite poignant mm-hmm. as well, uh, which are basically all the key ingredients you need from a decent documentary, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, I absolutely I absolutely love yeah. uh, Enter the Clones of Bruce, that's well, it, called. It was nice that we got a screening here, but yeah. Fright Fest, I believe. That's but, right. Um, yeah, I, unfortunately, I was away. I couldn't go, but no, I was um, disappointed. And good, good to hear that you enjoyed it. And yeah. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that getting... I think I think it is getting a wider release. Hopefully, it must, point, must yeah. do, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have any honourable mentions? 
mentions at all. Yeah, I, I would like to give an honourable mention to Ride On from Jackie Chan. Okay. Um, which um, tugged at me old heartstrings yeah. as well. And um, it's a real heartwarming tribute to the world of stunts that obviously made him a, um, a star. And uh, in this one, he plays a kind of a washed up stuntman um, whose glory days are behind him. And um, when uh, uh, his, his trusty stunt horse, Red Hair, who is his best friend, uh, becomes the target of debt collectors for the horse, you know, the horse to be repossessed. Um, he um, is able to reconnect with his daughter, who in turn her her boyfriend, uh, who's a solicitor or a lawyer. Um, they uh, they they help um, Jackie as much as he's been a bit of a an absent father. They can, That's they, right. They they can uh, they try to help him to uh, to keep to keep his best friend. And kind of salvage what's left of his career but also you know reconnecting with his family and so on so there's a lot of family themes in there um but it's also you know it, it obviously draws parallels to jackie's uh, life and career as a as a mm. as a action performer stuntman um there's that famous scene that went viral where um he's watching uh, people thought it was his real daughter but it's actually his on-screen daughter watching back clips of his real films which was poignant and um again uh, i know a lot of uh, the old-time kung fu fans who uh, enjoyed seeing that and it's uh, kind of fact and fiction blurred in terms of um, throwbacks to the good old Mm. the famous outtakes that we'd always see at the end of Jackie's film so I found it to be it's a really enjoyable uh, kind of throwback film but also you know a good example of what I was talking about Jackie tackling these earthier soulful roles but there's still the the action and the uh, tributes to the glory days you know he's not he's not doing like a straight up drama there's still action there's still martial arts scenes some fight scenes but it's um, it was quite a, a wholesome kind of family-friendly film, but actually had some substance and some heart, especially his relationship with the horse, and the horse is great, by the way. Red hair. Red hair. Yeah. Oh, they're the best scenes in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bit of horse foo in there as well. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Horsing around. Horse- <laughs> Horsing around, yeah. That film irked me a little bit. I know we had a lot of conversations yes, about this we, film. We debated. <laughs> we did debate. I just thought it was a little bit rich considering that, you know, the story of the film is about him trying to reach out to his estranged daughter. Jackie does actually have an estranged daughter mm-hmm. who, by all accounts, he hasn't reached out to. But Ben, you're, you're only saying that because you know that to be the case. If you watched it as a standalone film, yes. you wouldn't have any you wouldn't, prior... No. You wouldn't bring any of the baggage to that. But there was a part of me that I was watching this thinking, I wonder if this is a way for him to slightly negate the negative press that is out there around the fact that he doesn't speak to his daughter. Well, what's funny about that, I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but if anything, it drew attention to it because like the clip went, a certain scene went viral. That's true. But people, some people didn't know. They thought, oh, that's actually him and his daughter, but it's actually yeah. a scene from the film. That's right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that was the intention. I, I can't honestly comment yeah. to that. But again, maybe taking less real world association to it, I found it to be an enjoyable and poignant film for the reasons I said. Having said all that, my gosh, yes, of course. Jackie Chan always gives 110%, and he, he certainly does here. And he's still doing a lot of the moves, and it's mm-hmm. still great to see. And, you know, this idea of him being, you know, looking back at his life, I thought, yeah, again, it is, it, the film is actually, it's sort of a tribute to himself, isn't it, really? Which is I think, yeah, and it's a tribute to, it's like, it's the, it's the world. It's, it's a certain world, like what, what you touched on with, the Bruce Plotation and his Kung Fu films, it's an era that isn't coming back. And, yeah, yeah. And in the film, actually, he's shown methods where, you know, working with, because he's meant to be like a, kind of an old time stunt, stunt man, he assumes he's going to be 
having to do put himself through um, certain physical traumas and he's shown oh no you don't have to do it now now we've got technology to do this and he's kind of at first it's that kind of um slightly pig-headed we don't do it that way but it's it's trying to embrace the fact that this we can be safer now we can do things a different way and he kind of i guess ultimately acknowledges that that's you know these two worlds can be integrated yeah and it's kind of that message so uh, maybe it's also jackie tipping his hat to a changing era and acknowledging but also paying tribute to the old days yeah i don't know but no I, i think you know if you're into again if you're into these kind of legacy films and these legacy stars and the stunt world that he came from, I think it will tug on the heartstrings. I wanted to mention Sakura as well because uh, yeah. we I haven't mentioned mention, Sakura. I was going to talk yeah. about that, so uh, we yeah. can talk about that jointly. Yeah, absolutely, perhaps. there are some flaws with this film, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll we'll go into, Mike. But it was just good to see Donnie return as a director mm-hmm. as well. So he's co-directed uh, this movie. The last time he directed, I think, was nearly 20 years Mm -hmm. ago, so it has been a long time. This is a wuxia film. It's based on a popular 1960s wuxia novel called Demigods and Semi-Devils. Donnie at the time said that the story's many characters and their superhuman skills make it ripe for a Marvel's-style franchise. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure on the evidence of this film necessarily whether we will see more films from mm-hmm. this universe we we might do um but by all accounts i think it's got a relatively sort of lukewarm reception mm-hmm. i think some of the flaws there's some really dodgy cgi in this film yeah and i mean within this um the wuxia genre as well obviously there is a tendency for wire work for me mm. personally i wasn't super into some of the overuse of wire work and some of the magic mm. um I know you can't see this in audio land, but where he's kind of like using hands to yeah. summon powers and things yeah, like yeah. that. Some of it was interesting, like using fire or extinguishing fires and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, there's a lot of the, you know, it's it, it's a different flavor. It's a different style of yeah. the action design. Um, I'm more a fan of Donnie's um, kind of grittier. Yeah. Um, You're raging of, fans. Ha- yeah. Ha- you know, Fist, fist to bone type yeah. action however remembering he has come from this world as well with he's done many Wenyi Wusha um, wire films it's just it felt it was a little bit o- over the top at times also the production values it had that kind of um, for me although it's obviously it's a it's a cinematic film it had a um, a slight kind of Chinese TV show mm. uh look the cinematography yeah. I enjoyed I did genuinely enjoy and I respected that he was going back to this formula and this genre um of the traditional kung fu uh filmmaking the fight scenes have a touch of because kenji tanagaki did the uh Rurouni kenshin mm-hmm. films and there had a similar sword fighting in this film had a very similar yeah. style to to mm-hmm. those films as well so um yeah and as you say absolutely right it's it's very interesting at the age of 60 that donnie is still you know putting out sort of mad kung fu films like yeah, this yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean okay we've had some other mentions from the listeners as well i'll just quickly run through some of those so some of your favorite fight films from 2023 renfield that's the story of the character renfield from the dracula universe it stars nicholas holt nicholas cage and aquafina richard hawes from the dtv digest sent this over email i had a chance to finally see renfield which i wish i'd seen in the cinema i was hugely impressed Because it was sold as a horror comedy, I hadn't expected such a lot of action, never mind the standard of the action to have been so high, and all wrapped up in less than 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. A lot of fun. Kill Bok Soon, this is a Korean film that's on Netflix. It's about a single mum who is also a renowned hired killer. 
Mr. The Stray on Instagram said, great choreography that was creatively shot, plus a solid story and a great cast. That's Kill Boxoon. Jawan is an epic Indian action film starring Shah Rukh Khan that is available on Netflix. Tai Singh on email said, the final fights with Shah Rukh Khan in dual roles, taking on a massive henchman was a joy to behold. Clearly digital trickery was involved as well as a double, but I couldn't see the joins and it was pure cinema. It's great to see SRK leaning into the action roles and I can't wait to see how Tiger vs. Pathan pans out. Speaking of which, Ty has also written a little bit around Pathan. That is another SRK movie that was released this year. That is available on Amazon Prime. Ty Singh writes, even if the film was a bit derivative of the Mission Impossible and Fast and Furious films, it literally started with the 57-year-old actor quickly dispatching an army of henchmen in a flurry of John Wick-esque moves, all the while boasting abs that you can grate cheese on and hair that is forever bellowing in the breeze thanks to a seemingly invisible wind machine. Jawan has that as well, like every close-up of uh, SRK is, it just happens to be next to a wind machine and he just looks absolutely glorious. These these guys look have to look ravishing. Absolutely, absolutely. And considering he's 57, he's turned yeah, out yeah. two quite epic action mm-hmm. films in, in the same year there, so, so that is really good to see. Sisu, finished action film set during Second World War. Quite a few people got in touch around Sisu. Ross Boyask on Instagram. Hello, Ross. Uh, Sisu and Plane are the action films of the year, mostly because the action sequences in both movies were actually story-based and the films had the good manners to not be three and a half hours long. Very good point, Ross. That's mm-hmm. something that we've mentioned a few yeah. times now on this show. Is the everyone's saying films. it? Filmmakers yeah. take note; they don't need to be. They don't need to be as long as, long as that. A film that we haven't mentioned, which I thought might have been in your top five, Mike, is Creed Three. Yeah, close, close. Did yeah, big Creed yeah. fan. Obviously, yeah. big Rocky fan, big Creed fan. Yeah, I think Creed Two was in your top five, maybe Possibly, one. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, Creed Three is obviously a boxing drama from Michael B. Jordan. It's actually Michael B. Jordan's directorial mm-hmm. debut as well. Daniel Lima on email. This isn't a franchise known for solid action, being sports drama first and foremost, but Michael B. Jordan is the first director to actually do something interesting inside the ring. He had spoken a lot about the anime influence on the fights in this film, and for once that talk actually turned out to be accurate. The expressionistic flourishes in the final bout give it an epic ferocious feel easily the best action of the series shame about one of the stars there we go that's from daniel lima i think that last line in reference to jonathan majors there so yes thank you all so much for sending in your comments this year outlining your favorite fight films of 2023 Before we wrap things up here, let's take a quick look at the films coming up next year in a feature that we like to call Things to Look Forward to in 2024. Things to Look Forward to in 2024. Okay, Mike, so we've got a list in front of us here of some of the big films that are in the pipeline for 2024. There's quite a long list here, actually. Mm -hmm. What are you getting all excited about out out of that lot? Well, we both agreed on john wick uh chapter four ben and i think um even you know within the john wick universe obviously we don't know yet what's happening with the john wick sequel i mean that's not going to be a 2024 release either way 
but within that universe again we've got ballerina yeah um anna diamas yeah absolutely within this universe there's other opportunities to to explore the character and the yep. uh, uh, and, and the world of john wick so that's that's really cool what about roadhouse did you see jake gyllenhaal looking all sort of buff for, yeah, for that i like jake gyllenhaal. i'm a big fan of jake gyllenhaal obviously i'm uh like many people i'm a huge fan of the original the patrick swayze yeah uh, classic cult classic i guess things like that I'm more interested in the reimagining of it. What are they going to do differently? Yeah. I'm assuming bring it up to date. I don't think they'll be rocking mullets and stuff. It's, we're going to see a different. Uh, hey, different the mullets spin. come back now, mate. Yeah, I know. I know it's trendy. Um, one more shot. Obviously, being a fan of what those guys did in the first of film, course. Scott Adkins. Yeah. Um, working with James Nunn. Yeah. We know from uh, from seeing from seeing the recently released photos where they got Michael J. White, Tom Berenger. I'm a big fan of Tom Berenger. So it'll be cool to see, again, interested to see where they take it, what they do differently this time around. We've got to hold out hope that Havoc will be released next year. I know it was supposed to be released this year, but Mm -hmm. Havoc is obviously the new Gareth Evans film. He's teamed up with Tom Hardy. It's a, it's going to land on Netflix at some point. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's happening with that movie, but we're, we're all quite eagerly anticipating yeah, uh, Havoc's release. Absolutely. That team, that um, that combination with under Gareth Evans, um, I look forward to what I imagine would be quite a hardcore, brutal, yeah. fight-filled yeah. film. Um, and Tom Hardy, who's obviously very skilled in that in that arena. And um, fingers crossed for a wider release for Outlaw Johnny Black as well, which yeah. is Michael J. White's. Uh, which we new haven't movie. had a chance to see over here. No? no, it got released, I think, in the states. Mm-hmm. In, it got a limited cinema release, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone's just waiting for that film to come out on physical media, or maybe it'll land on a streaming service yeah. at some yeah. point next year. Yeah. Um, but I remember when Outlaw Johnny Black was being crowdsourced. Yeah. I think it put a few uh few yeah, dollars I think over I, into this that was a while ago i can't remember i think i was involved in that too but i yeah. look forward to seeing it when it's uh when it comes this way gosh there's so many things to look forward to here we've got deadpool 3 we've got mortal kombat 2 the film boy kills world looks really exciting as well that's got bill skarsgård in it andrew koji's in it as well we've also got a new van damme film darkness of man always exciting to see a new uh jcvd movie so lots of big movies coming out there in 2024 before we go mike a huge thank you once again for agreeing to take part in this show it's our seventh annual end of year wrap up and it's been an absolute pleasure as always thank you for being a good friend this year and for supporting the show and i do wish you and all the family all the very best in 2024 mike thank you ben and i would say as well thank you also for asking me back as always and it's always fun and a pleasure and uh yeah i wish you a great uh festive holiday as well and uh have a great yeah great christmas and new year thank you mike and is, fun there, times. is there anything you wanted to promote or mention at the end here at not all, really ben but uh uh no i just wanted to say again thank you very much thank you for obviously being a good mate thank you for supporting me and and my efforts and uh it's always good fun to shoot the breeze and to talk about the uh talk about the films that have connected with us and share it with the uh, with the good listeners and thank Absolutely. you guys for uh, all your ongoing love and support and for Uh, championing these these great films that we all love so the kung fu movie guy podcast will now go back into hiding for a little bit i've got a little plan brewing which will take us up to the incredible tally of 100 episodes 
which is quite mad to think about. But there we go. More news to follow on that in the new year. In the meantime, please do listen back to all the amazing guests that we have had on the show this year and in previous years. The podcast is available from all the usual podcast providers. And if you do want to stay up to date with all the latest martial arts movie news and reviews, then be sure to visit our website, kungfumovieguide.com. And you can follow us on social media. We are on X, Facebook and Instagram. And even though we might not be around, I do always look at the emails. So you can always contact me on the email address hello at kungfumovieguide.com. And that is it then from us for another year. All that is left is for me, Ben Johnson, and him, Mike Fury. Hello. To, <laughs> to wish you all, all the food followers around the world, listening to this very Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all the very best for a wonderful new year. Thank you so much for your support in 2023. Do take care, stay safe, and keep kicking. Hiya. Bye for now. Bye-bye. There we go. That's a wrap for 2023. I do hope you enjoyed listening to our end of year show featuring Mike Fury. Really enjoyed doing that. As always, it is a bit of a highlight of the year recording that episode. So I do hope you enjoyed listening to it. We bizarrely actually covered many of the same movies in our top fives, much to our own amazement, as you just heard. So just to recap, our joint number five was Polite Society. You can buy that now on digital platforms in the UK. Our joint number four was Ballerina. You can stream that movie now on Netflix. Mike's number three was Fist of the Condor. Buy and rent now on digital platforms. My number three was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Stream that now on Paramount Plus. Also available to buy and rent on digital platforms. Mike's number two was Extraction 2, available on Netflix. My number two was Fist of the Condor. And our joint number one was John Wick, Chapter 4. That probably wasn't too surprising. You can stream John Wick 4 now on Amazon Prime. And speaking of John Wick, we didn't really get time to cover our TV recommendations of the year. We do mostly focus on movies on this show, given that it is the Kung Fu Movie Guide, after all. But there is so much great TV out there, particularly martial arts and action shows. The three-part show, The Continental from the World of John Wick, that is a prequel series set in New York in the 1970s. I really enjoyed watching that. It is available on Amazon Prime. Warrior, the long-awaited third season, was released this year. Interestingly, we have since heard that all three seasons of Warrior will be made available on Netflix in the new year, so hopefully exposing even more people around the world to that wonderful show. And maybe potentially, hopefully, the prospect of a fourth season. That would be great. But my personal TV highlight of the year is also a Netflix show, Blue Eye Samurai. One of the best shows I've seen in a very long time. It's an adult animated American series set in the Edo period in Japan. It is fantastic. You've probably binged it all already, but if not, do make sure that you watch Blue Eye Samurai on your downtime during the holidays. It's available now on Netflix. Keep in touch with Mike Fury via his website, mikefury.net. He is also on X and Instagram under the name at themikefury. Buy his books, Life of Action, Volume 1 and 2 from his website and everywhere that you get books. 
And that actually is now a wrap. A huge thank you for your support this year, especially if you are one of those listeners who has donated to the show in 2023. Thank you so much. And especially if you are a loyal food follower who listens to the very end of the episodes, thank you so much for doing that. Do keep it locked to all the usual KFMG pod channels in the new year. There will be more episodes to follow in due course. I will be sure to keep you all posted on what that looks like. But until then, happy holidays, everybody, and a very happy new year. Wishing all the food followers around the world a successful and prosperous 2024. Bye for now. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 